Welcome to the Kingdom Life Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Nilsson, speaker, author, and yes, life coach. We live in a noisy world with a million external influences vying for our attention. This is the space where we can quiet the noise, sort out our thoughts through honest conversation, and discover what it looks like to take aligned, faith-filled action in a world of endless possibilities. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It is your friendly neighborhood journaling expert coming at you once again. Just kidding. I'm not really an expert, but I am becoming known for one thing as I coach people in in spiritual practices for confident practical living, and it's called Beautiful Exchange Journaling. So if you've been around this podcast for a while, you are getting parts and pieces and glimpses of what this type of journaling looks like before I head into my topic for today, which is to make a case that writing with the Lord is actually a form of worship with Him. I want to remind you that my new book and journal are out. The book is called Untangled Faith, How Honest Conversations with God Lead to Deeper Connections, Clarity, and Peace. So throughout the course of this summer, I'm taking parts of the book and chapters of the book and expanding on them here for you. So if you want to read it all in one place, you can hop on Amazon and look for Untangled Faith by Megan B, as in boy, Nilsson. And then, of course, you have to get the companion journal. That's the whole point is that you read the book first. You understand this concept that God speaks to you, how he speaks to you, and specifically through this beautiful exchange, writing, journaling experience. And then you will be well-equipped and energized and excited to jump into this beautiful exchange journal for yourself and start to get those deeper connections, receive those revelations of clarity and peace for your life and your specific relationships, circumstances, whatever. So, all right, without further ado, I want to build on the topic that I was talking about last time. So my previous episode was really addressing journal phobia. So I've, I've said several times on this podcast that the word journaling, journaler, can sometimes be a trigger point for people because they sort of opt in or opt out at that point thinking, oh yes, I love to write, I've always done it, or no, thank you, that is not for me. So I want to keep building here and creating the case that writing with God can be for anybody. You don't have to be some sort of fantastic writer. You don't have to even like writing. The prerequisite here is that you care to connect with God, that you want to explore what's going on in your internal world, what you're thinking, feeling, experiencing, and really bringing all of that to Jesus, bringing all of that to God and saying, God, here's what I'm experiencing this side of heaven. What do you want me to know about your perspective over my life? What do you want me to know about the truth that will set me free? So Jesus tells us very clearly that his truth will set us free. That's what this practice is all about. I love this quote by Ernest Hemingway. He says, there's nothing to writing. All you do is sit down at a typewriter and bleed and Maybe you're not using a typewriter anymore like Ernest was, but there is that moment of really getting honest and real. And it's like, okay, what does the inside of my heart and mind actually look like? And that's where we're headed with this practice. 
And so you don't have to worry that anybody's going to grade your writing. You don't have to worry that anybody's going to look at your writing. You can lock it up in a safe after you're done if you want to. But I want to continue to encourage you to give it a try. That journaling is not writing for show or grade or anything like that, but it is technically a form of writing. And so before you click off this podcast and head to Krispy Kreme, I want to remind you that this expression is meant to bring personal insight and revelation. You do not have to worry about any of the other specifics here. So while writing has been an interest of mine for a long time, it may not be your interest at all, and that's okay. But I want to dive into this idea that whether you like writing or not is potentially irrelevant. But if you can open your mind and your heart to see that writing is a form of worship, a way to honor a holy God, your Lord and Savior, and to glorify him, this has stretched my heart and mind to be more expansive in levels of intimacy and growth with him. And so I want to talk about this word worship for a minute. So I'm not sure what comes to mind for you when you hear the word worship. For me, I think about the things that we hold in highest esteem, right? Do you worship that? That means it's above all else. Maybe for those of you church-going Christians that have grown up in the church or going now, you might think about worship on a Sunday morning, right? We might say something like, hey, how'd you enjoy worship today? Or wasn't worship just so full and exciting? Or maybe even the alternative, the inverse would be, man, worship just didn't hit me today. I wasn't feeling it. Like somehow the the songs that we sing on Sunday mornings, the messages that we hear are the greatest manifestation of worship. And while that is a form of worship, like we do show up on a Sunday morning or Saturday evening or whenever you go to church, if you go to church, that is a form of worship. But I don't think that we want to make the external input their ultimate goal. So I think we often make it about this this external experience rather than the internal transformation. So for me, that's that's a pretty big crossroads and distinction is that the external experience is what we are experiencing. <laughs> at the risk of being redundant, um, rather than really focusing on the internal transformation. And that's what this beautiful exchange journaling with the Lord, I believe, will bring you if you are open to giving it a try. So when I headed to dictionary.com just to look up what does the word worship even mean, worship is defined as reverent honor or homage paid to God or a sacred personage or to any object regarded as sacred. Okay, so simply put, to worship is to offer a gesture of deep respect, a gesture of profound adoration. And I believe that profound adoration and deep respect is more than just checking the box of attendance on a Sunday morning. If you've read Mark Laberton's work, The Dangerous Act of Worship, In his book, he really expands on this idea that it's more than just a Sunday morning activity. So he says, Mark Laberton says that the dangerous act of worship, waking up is the dangerous act of worship. It's dangerous because worship is meant to produce lives fully attentive to reality as God sees it. 
And that's more than most of us want to deal with. So in this one statement that Mark Laberton is saying, waking up, okay, you guys have heard me say, pay attention to what you're paying attention to. When you wake up and pay attention to your life, that is a form of worship because all of a sudden you are not allowing yourself to be lulled to sleep by the waves of the world, by the waves of the counterfeit opportunities, or maybe even what Satan would want you to believe, the lies that he wants to believe. All of a sudden you are waking up to a supernatural reality, to the, the truth that through the, 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 the blood and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you can receive full life that looks very different than maybe what a lot of people are experiencing in this world. And as Mark Lapperton says, that's more than most of us want to deal with. Why? Because it's, it, it takes some effort to pay attention to your life. It just does. So sometimes it's easier to be lulled to sleep. I think about... Jesus, when he is connecting with the woman at the well in John chapter four, and she, she stumbles upon him in the middle of the day and he radically shifts her understanding of worship. So he says that, you know, he reveals himself to her. So if you go back a few episodes, I talk about how this encounter with her actually led a whole village of people to know Jesus. So that episode was titled three things that will impede your personal encounter with Jesus. But she's talking to him about worship. And she explains that her forefathers worshiped on that mountain where they're standing. And the Jews claim that Jerusalem was the only true place for worship. And she wanted to know, so which is it? Is it here? Is it there? And Jesus replies, woman, I tell you that neither is so. Believe this, a new day is coming. In fact, it's already here when the importance will not be placed on the time and place of worship, but on the truthful hearts of the worshipers. I don't know about you, but that is hitting me in a big way today because he's saying as human beings, we put a lot of emphasis on on the external, on the time and the place and how this looks and where you go. And yes, I am a member of my local church. I am actually an elder at my local church. So I am highly committed to meeting together as a body of believers. So please do not mishear me. Church has been very important to me, but also the Lord has said, Megan, just going to church on a Sunday morning is not actually the truest act of worship. You can go there and be committed to the believers and worship me, but the time and the place is actually not the most important thing. The most important thing is that your heart gets right with me. We can concentrate so much on the time and the place, but God cares about your heart. And that's what I want to say to you today, that this act, this experience of beautiful exchange writing and and journaling is, is a form of worship because it provides you an avenue to discover your true heart to connect with God and live fully attentive to reality as he sees it, which is what Laberton is saying, waking up to the full reality of what God wants to give you. When you write down your deepest thoughts and you bring them to Jesus, you are then exposing them to the true light. There is a danger in keeping things pent up and repressed and inside because Often that's a very dark space for us. We can, our thoughts can begin to kind of grow mold and breed some toxic chemicals, right? We can start to be thinking about things that are just not true. But when we write them down, 
even if it's in the privacy of your own journal, your own notebook, you are exposing them to the light and you are saying, Jesus, I want to share all of me with you. Will you reveal all of yourself to me? So in Ephesians chapter 5, 13 and 14, the voice translation reads like this. It says, when the light shines, it exposes even the dark and shadowy things and turns them into pure reflections of light. This is why they sing, awake you sleeper, rise from your grave and the anointed one will shine on you. There's this moment of going from darkness to light. And Paul talks about that in the book of Acts. He has this beautiful prayer that the people would turn from the darkness to light. And that's what writing with God is. That's what beautiful exchange journaling is. Going from dark to light, making that shift. So when you wake up and you pay attention to what you're paying attention to, the light of Jesus can bring fresh kingdom perspective over so many things. When you journal your honest thoughts and and your questions break down the walls of preconceived notions. So you may have an idea of what you think your life is supposed to look like, what you think this life of faith should be, quote unquote, should be. But when you come to him and you lay it all at the foot of the cross and you say, Jesus, will you please inform what I'm thinking about and how I'm thinking about it? You will walk away from this practice deeper connected to the Lord, your mind will be transformed and you will be able to see things in a new light. I stumbled across a fantastic article by Dallas Willard that I write about a lot in the book and he's talking about spiritual formation and this practice of sanctification is kind of like this evolving path between our first breath as in the life of a believer and our last breath. We are on this journey of sanctification. We never arrive at some end point destination. We are constantly evolving and becoming more like Christ, if that's what we desire. And Willard says this, he says, spiritual formation in the tradition of Jesus is the process of transformation of the inner dimension of the human being, the heart, which is the same spirit or the will. It is being formed, like really, truly transformed in such a way that its natural expression comes to be the deeds of Christ. So that's what we're saying. We're saying, we're coming to this practice saying, Lord, this this is me. You can just cue the song from Greatest Showman in your head, right? This is me. Okay, I'm not going to sing for you. That's not what this podcast is about. But you're coming and saying, hey, this is me. This is all of me. This is who I am. And I want you, Jesus, to come in and inform what I'm thinking about. As I pay attention to my life, what do you want me to know that would bring a greater revelation, greater freedom, greater joy, greater truth? So simply put, this process of journaling is about drawing near to God. And he tells us when we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. And we want to put first things first. So when we draw near to him, if you just go to James 4 verse 8, we draw near to him. He promises to draw near to us. That's exactly what this beautiful exchange journaling is. This writing as worship is a form of drawing near and showing our commitment to turn toward Jesus, even and especially in the midst of very real questions. The problem is that many of us, we come face to face with a very real tendency to put second things first. So second things are not all that bad. You know, second things could be marriage, parenting, kids, grandkids, work, church, physical activity, exercise, ministry, whatever. These are all second things. 
and second things often bless us in this earth. These are gifts from God given to us, but nothing is supposed to take the place of the creator. So nothing created, as in all the things that I just mentioned, should be taking the place of the creator. So to experience true and lasting sanctification, this growth mindset and the life of faith, we have to organize things according to God's original design. So Mark 12.30 gives us God first. I mentioned this in the last episode. Love your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, right? That's the very first commandment. And the second one is like it. Love others as you would love yourself. C.S. Lewis writes this. This has long been a very, very favorite quote of mine. He says, put first things first and second things are eventually thrown in. Put second things first and you lose both first and second things. So put first things first, everything else is going to fall in. I think about that, that metaphor when people take a glass jar and they throw in a bunch of pebbles, right? Pebbles and little rocks. And then they try to take the big rocks and put them in. They don't fit because the sand and the pebbles are already taking up the jar. But if you dump everything out and you put your top core values, you put first things first in that jar, you put those couple of big rocks in there, love God, love others into that jar, then all the second things, all the beautiful gifts of this world can can fill in around it when you put those in. Does that make sense? So when we improperly order things and we put people in our life, circumstances in our life above God, let me tell you this, you are effectively saddling your loved ones with the burden of carrying your spiritual and emotional weight. That hit me like a ton of bricks when I thought about it because I'm like, oh man, that is unfair. When I elevate people and relationships above God, all of a sudden I am asking them to carry something, to carry the weight of this relationship that they are not equipped to carry. I am not equipped to carry for them either. So we come to spiritual formation. We come to this writing as worship, shifting our appetite shifting our appetite towards the things of God instead of the sugary, glitzy, temporary things of this world. Does that make sense? So I want to leave you with this story, and I'm going to read from a couple pages of the book in this chapter, Writing as Worship. And writing as worship, as connecting to God, really came to me at a whole new level. When my husband, Scott, was he was leaving a 22-year career in parachurch ministry, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, I talked about God's ways are higher than our ways. I share the story of him going from one couple decades-long career into teaching, and it was amazing. But in between there, he was offered this opportunity to to travel and work with a business buddy of his. And it was just not set in well with me. We had a lot of kids at home. We had an exchange student to boot. And I was like, oh man, the idea of him being gone 50% of the time just didn't sit well with me. I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? And I laugh even as I say this, because I'm, I'm sure that you single parents and you military spouses are like rolling your eyes like, girl, seriously, oh my gosh, you have no idea what you're talking about. But at the time, this was my reality. So I didn't want my flesh to sabotage the whole thing. I just knew I could go after it really hard and be like, you can't do this. How can I do this? You can't leave me. And I was like, all right. So I have this very insightful counselor. I share lots of stories of what my counselor has challenged me with over the years. But one thing that sticks with me that I'm going to give to you today is she says, okay, Megan, instead of saying, how in the world will this work? I want you to exchange that, bring it to Jesus and say, wow, instead of how, 
say, wow, God, it looks like you're at work here. I'm excited to trust you the process and see how you provide. So I actually jumped into this beautiful exchange writing experience with God, and I want to read what he gave me in that moment. So I offer my thoughts and my questions to him. I sit down with a pencil and a piece of paper and my journal, and I'm like, all right, God, here's the deal. I don't know if I can handle this. I am super worried. I'm going to be honest with you. I could just jump in and thwart this entire process, but I want you to speak to me about this. And in an instant, I felt the still small whisper come over me and begin to really speak to my heart. And this is what I wrote. So the impression that came to me went like this. Dearest Megan, I see you and I see your fears. I know this is a scary place of vulnerability for you. You believe that you cannot do this on your own Let me remind you of two things. First, you are never alone. I'm always here. And second, you are stronger than you know. For many years now, you've believed the lie that your husband is somehow better than you, wiser than you, that he knows the best. You've relied on him like a crutch. While he is indeed an amazingly wise spiritual leader and father, he has also become an idol to you. This is me and giving you a little caveat here. I had begin I had begun to put second things first. He had become an idol to me. I I went on to write, you believe you can't do life without him. Your worship is misplaced. Let me walk beside you and guide you in this new season. This job opportunity is actually an invitation for growth for you, for Scott, and even for the kids. You will see new levels of maturity and growth in everyone trust that I am not about to penalize you or withhold joy. Quite the contrary. I'm about to fill you with a level of confidence, joy, and personal authority that you have not yet known. Wow. Talk about powerful. That writing session, that writing as a worship was a powerful transformative moment for me and really super convicting. That's what God's voice sounds like. It's this beautiful mix of of encouragement and exhortation, and it often comes with a convicting Holy Spirit challenge to begin to to encourage us, to invite us in the place of, of putting first things first and not allowing second things to get out of order and take over in our life. So that was a profound, transformative moment for me as a woman, as a wife, and sure enough, Scott did take the job. And the kids and myself, I mean, we grew in ways that we we would not have otherwise. They matured in their ownership and responsibility around the house. And I grew as a wife, as a mom, into all these these ways. And this sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Isn't this this sound beautiful? You could just wrap this up in a bow and be like, wow, Megan, I love that. I want to hear that. But what if you come to this practice and you are pouring your heart out on the page, bleeding your words onto the page? And you pick up that proverbial prayer line and all you hear is, is silence. You don't have this beautiful like birds chirping moment where you're hearing something. That's a great, great question. And the next podcast episode, I'm going to talk about the silence and those moments and those seasons of silence. Is it deadly or is it golden? So stay tuned for our uh, meeting up in the podcast zone next time when we're going to talk about those seasons of silence. But for now, I encourage you to to talk to talk to the Lord about this. What, what could it look like for you to enter into connection, relationship with God, 
and write with him to pour out your thoughts and questions on the page and ask him to speak to you. So if you have not already gotten your downloadable bookmark with five questions that you can ask yourself as you're hearing and praying to discern if what you're hearing, quote unquote hearing, is from you or from the Lord, go to hearinggodbookmark.com. Of course, the Untangled Faith Book and Journal are available on Amazon. And I am always up for a phone call. Why don't you guys message me if there's something that's coming up for you, if you have questions that's spurred from this podcast episode, or just some things that are keeping you stuck in your life. And you're like, hey, I feel like God is saying this. I don't really know. I would like to process it with another human being. That's what I do as a kingdom life coach. I I really jump into spiritual practices with people so that you can find your own strategy for practical living this side of heaven, really kingdom informed living. So I love you guys. Message me, reach out to me. You can always email me, Megan, at meganbnielsen.com. Find me on the socials, and we'll meet up next time when we're talking about what do you do when it's pretty silent. All right, love you guys. See ya. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode challenged or inspired you, I would be honored if you would rate it and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts so others can hang out with us too. If you'd like to connect at a deeper level, you can find me on Instagram at... Megan underscore Nilsson, or head to my website, meganbnilsson.com and schedule a free curiosity and connection call. Let's keep the conversation going.